0: This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery.
1: What's different today is the same teams that we've been working with have a heightened sense of urgency for growth, but that growth is needed right now. The timeframe has become much shorter and the need much greater for building volumes and growing volumes in the very near term.
0: Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Durin. I like to check in with different teammates who spend most of their time working directly with our members because they have the best stories. And I like to hear whatever patterns and themes they're starting to pull out from their many conversations with strategy leaders and other leaders from the health systems we work with. I recently got to talk with Tracy Donato and Andrea Davis, and I asked them to join and share some of what they're hearing with all of our listeners, because there's some changes in the tone they're hearing, the focus and directions that strategy teams are taking now with the leading health systems that they work with across the country. So Tracy and Andrea, so excited to have you making your podcast debut here today. Tracy, I'll go to you first. summarized what you've been hearing as a shift back to basics. That's a little different from what I've been hearing. What's different? How are strategy teams focused right now?
2: Hey, Trevor, thanks for the opportunity. We've been saying for years that healthcare is local, and I'm seeing the importance of this now more than ever, really a push to stop the transactional behavior and start looking at patients as consumers and maybe more importantly as unique individuals. One organization I partner with has been challenging team members across all service lines to think about how they're asking their patients to follow up, for example. Are you sending a patient home with, call us in three months, schedule a follow-up appointment? Or are you reaching out to them in follow-up? How are you doing? Let's get that appointment scheduled. Maybe at minimum, following up with a mailed letter. Another example in my own life, I'm type one diabetic. I was diagnosed as a child and I wear a continuous glucose monitor, a CGM. My endocrinologist, they have access to my CGM when I'm visiting. Well, recently she started emailing me, hey, I've noticed this trend in your numbers. I have a few ideas. I gotta tell you, Trevor, that really made me change my behavior. Because typically when I know I'm going to see my endo, I'll really work hard for three months so that I know my test results come out. But knowing now that she's paying attention to me and more importantly, thinking of me while I'm in between visits, that really meant a lot to me and it encouraged me to take better care of myself.
0: That's so great. And Tracy, that's what you're a master of, connecting with your personal life, with what's going on with Up. But it's so great to hear a theme that we've heard from health systems, but how it's really playing out for you as a patient.
2: I was really surprised and it excited me. And I've actually been sharing that with some of the systems that I work with too, as an example of how to maybe get more personal with their patients.
1: I think it makes sense, too, that members are going back to this concept, back to the basics to really focus on that blocking and tackling. I had a member that I was talking to just recently, and they said that they as a team went back to their notes from a brainstorming session that they had last fall from an executive retreat to review those tactical opportunities that they had deprioritized to make sure that there weren't any that they had de-escalated and that they could maybe bring them back to the front and reprioritize them and reconsider them.
0: Andrew, with that in mind, I've heard strategy teams, they've kind of gone up and down the hill in the last couple of years of when they're really being pushed. We need to find growth now. And I think now is absolutely one of those times where from every angle they're being told, you got to find growth and it's got to be something new and different because it's got to be capital light. How are the teams you work with reacting to that call and what seems different from the last couple times we've been through this cycle?
1: In the past, strategy teams were focused on those mid to long-term strategies. They were expanding the system of care to find growth, adding sites of care, partnering, and These efforts were really in the mid to long term, five to 10 years into the future. What's different today is the same teams that we've been working with have a heightened sense of urgency for growth, but that growth is needed right now. The timeframe has become much shorter and the need much greater for building volumes and growing volumes in the very near term.
0: Tracy, do you want to add anything to that?
1: I'm seeing that too. And it's a call to action from strategy, but
2: also from CEOs, COOs, CFOs. I'm seeing senior leaders partner together to empower their teams. And by teams, I mean service line leaders, call center folks, what's happening in your ambulatory space, really anybody who's touching the patient I'm seeing a call to action saying, your boots on the ground. What are you seeing? What are ways that we can get creative and start meeting the needs of our community now differently than we've done before?
0: Tracy, does that also mean that health systems are looking at partnerships and what they can get from partners differently? I mean, I've heard a few spots where systems are looking at low risk but potential longer-term rewards. So a little different than that growth timeline you were talking about, Andrea, but saying, what can we get from partners? They've always had that mindset, but I think they're kind of doubling down on it now. You seeing the same thing?
2: One of the hats I wear at SG2 is to support some of our life science and industry partners in a client relations fashion, but also with some education. And last year at our executive summit, we did a breakout group for the suppliers, life science and industry partners that want to know how to best support patients and hospitals and health systems. So we held a breakout group. Trevor, over 50% of the audience that showed up consisted of strategy leaders from hospitals and health systems. We also held this education opportunity virtually. Same thing, over 50% of the audience were from health system strategy. And that is not an audience we were marketing the specific opportunity to. It was really encouraging and exciting to see because now more than ever, I'm seeing health system leaders want to link arms with maybe non-traditional partners with their vendors, their suppliers and say, help us tackle some of these issues together. It's a message we've been pushing to the LSI world for years. And it's very exciting for me to see the hospitals and health systems getting on board with that and, and now being very open to new ways of partnership. Again, back to the basics, right? Stop being transactional and let's be creative. Let's focus on a relationship and a partnership to meet patient needs better.
1: Not only that, I think health systems are open to partnerships with competitors and disruptors that they never would have considered before. We were talking to a member out in the Midwest recently that is considering a partnership with a private equity-backed orthopedics group that has run out of ambulatory space. And previously, this was a fiercely competitive service line. And that hospital is really rethinking this partnership with this competitor in new ways.
0: Andrea, the way in which you engage with our members, you get a really good perspective into if they have the data that they need to answer the questions and deliver what their organizations need from them in terms of long term and short term planning. What are you hearing right now? Are data needs changing at all for health systems? They have what they need.
1: For a long time, our clients have been needing to look at the non-acute market, the outpatient space beyond just the D setting. As surgeries continue to shift and more non-acute disruptors enter the market, our members need tools that go beyond just monitoring the volumes. They need to be able to act with these tools. With the claims data options out there, members are really struggling with the ability to group claims into meaningful competitors. And that's compounded by the complication of billing location and volume assignment. The complexity of the data makes it difficult to produce a legitimate assessment of who is providing the care in the market. We're working with AMCs and tertiary-oriented centers that have a need to query market claims data in more complex ways. And an example of this is members are reversing that volume funnel in a longitudinal analysis of claims and their share of wallet strategies. They're identifying patients that have two or more connections to specialties, but are untethered to primary care to really help identify PCP growth opportunities. And this is a type of analysis that members need that longitudinal connectivity to be able to do to really understand what opportunities they have to grow their share of wallet.
0: Tracy, another angle that I've heard on kind of the data discrepancy between what the health system needs and what the strategy team can deliver is on consumer data. Are the members you work with trying to use better data to get more consumer focused? I mean, you talked about this as a need, but do they have the data tools to do it?
2: They're trying to find the data tools. You recently had Charlotte and John on a podcast, Trevor, and that's a team I've been tapping into a lot lately. Our patient activation and consumer innovation team, they talk a lot about market share and what does that mean? When you say you've got 30% of your market share, what 30% do you have? And maybe switching gears and looking at the patients you're serving and how you can serve 100% of the needs of those patients. So we're doing some really fun things at SG2 that I think will help meet these challenges. As we've come out of the pandemic, our whole world's different. I read an article the other day said 9% of office workers in Manhattan report to their office five days a week. That's telling us most are hybrid or virtual workers. In the field, I'm seeing this in communities where I partner with hospitals in maybe a resort area or a vacation town, a destination where the population changes over the summer. Because the workforce is hybrid, if you get into that consumer data and start understanding what's happening, they've got an influx of people now living there year round that have totally different needs than the traditional market they were serving maybe there was a slower pace before and now people are coming from bigger cities expecting faster care and so hospitals have to learn to pivot quickly to capture those patients otherwise they'll drive to competitors down the road very challenging and you know I'm so big on the back to basics theme but really it's getting to know people as individuals how has the market changed and what can we do creatively to solve those needs and support them
0: that's a good one i'll give you each both one last opportunity, you have already done a good job translating what you've heard from members and showing how that makes you optimistic that, yeah, it's tough out there right now, but they're getting there. Tell me something you've heard. Maybe it was just a change of tone, change of focus. Something you heard recently makes you optimistic. Andrea, why don't you go first?
1: I just got back from a membership on site where I was really energized around the conversation of patient experience. And patient experience is at the center of all of our providers' missions, but it was the recognition that we can all learn from the disruption happening all around us and use those learnings to rise to this new level of consumer expectation through our own health system identity and mission. For me, Trevor, I'm energized
2: by this drive for partnership, for understanding how to get creative, letting the walls of the silos go down and linking arms, whether that's between the CSO and the CFO, or reaching out to leaders across an organization. I was at an event where I'd say there's probably 50 people from this organization in attendance. The CEO walked around to each person and had a conversation with them. And these were people from all different areas, all different titles of this organization. That meant a lot to me. I'm a relationship-driven person. That's why I'm in this role. I pay attention to those things. And I was very happy to see that these relationships matter. And sometimes the world's moving at such a fast pace that when we can just push pause and get back to the basics, but just treat people as individual personalities, I really think that's how we move forward.
0: Yeah, I'm with you both. And Tracy, I totally agree. It's so motivating when you can see a leader of an organization where they have 20 or 30,000 employees and showing that ability to just connect at a one-on-one level, it's really special. The thing that's made me hopeful, similar to what you shared, but I've done more talks to operational leaders recently, where it's the strategy team saying, you guys have done such a good job reacting to the many, many problems right now, but I need you to start being proactive and helping us think about what the solution is going to look like so we're not still reacting to the same problems this time next year. I wonder if that's going to be kind of a momentary occupation and then we'll be on to the next problem or if it's showing strategy teams are increasingly engaging more and more with the folks who are going to have to implement strategies, especially in kind of a capital light environment, where it's going to be a lot about change management and getting buy-in from the many people who are going to have to change what they're doing. It makes me optimistic that we're getting there. Andrea and Tracy, thank you so, so much for sharing what you're hearing from the road. You're great storytellers, and I know our listeners will really appreciate hearing from you. So thanks so much for sharing. Look forward to having you back on SG2 Perspectives again soon.
2: Thanks, Trevor. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments or ideas for episodes and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com additionally i recommend that you check out some of the other vizient podcasts which cover a range of clinical and operational areas those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash
1: podcasts